Hello and welcome. I'm Olga Hannanen, and this is Academia Experience. Today we are going on a tour to the streets of Lisbon to explore its rapidly developing coffee shop culture. Our guide and guest is Dr. Franz Boer, a researcher at the Institute of Geography and Spatial Planning at the University of Lisbon. So yeah, the, the Time Out Market, uh, which is a market that opened in Lisbon in 2014, it used to be a regular city market. Uh, so selling fish, uh, fruits, vegetables, and now it's more like a, a gourmet food court. Uh, we can see some of the some of the chefs that have their own like tiny restaurant here. But uh, I think it's interesting to to come here in the beginning of our field uh, visit about digital nomads because actually on the second floor of this market. Uh, there is um, a pen working space. Yeah, we can see on the on the second floor there this huge space full of plants. That's the co-working space. Uh, and on the ground floor, you will still have the the traditional food market. I'll take you to the co-working space. That's the co-working space, and you'll see it's uh, full of plants. I think that's one of the defining features that have placed. France, you studied uh, coffee shops in Lisbon and uh, the way digital nomads transformed coffee shops and the city. Uh, could you tell a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think I think we have to start by the fact that uh, Portugal, Lisbon is a city of uh, coffee drinkers and you, you could find, you can still find um, cafes all over the city at almost every corner um, but then at some point in two th 2015 um, the two first specialty coffee shops opened up in the city and by specialty coffee shops we mean those places where coffee is prepared by a professionally trained barista with a professional machine and uh, normally uh, there are different kinds of methods for you to, to drink coffee um, and then the coffee that was served in these places was uh, way more expensive than the, what the, the Portuguese uh, um, crowd was used to, to paying for coffee for espresso. Um, and that was 2015. And then uh, five years later, uh, from two specialty coffee shops, uh, Lisbon had more than 60 of them. Yeah. And, and it was... Um, this period coincided with the period of the tourist uh, tourism boom in the city. So um, normally we, we would tend to assume that, okay, so these coffee shops were mostly catering to tourists. But actually what we, uh, what we found is that uh, in, in this period also Lisbon became very attractive also because um, the, of the imaginary around the city uh, of, a, of a touristic city, of a lifestyle city, um, it also became attractive to to other populations, such as digital nomads, but also um, expatriates uh, in inverted commas or um, foreign retirees. You know, like more traditional kinds of lifestyle migration that uh, were coming to Lisbon not so much anymore. To, I mean, still going to the rural areas or to the coastal areas. 
but also Lisbon was attracting a younger crowd and and digital nomads were one of these populations that were um, uh, using these spaces, the coffee shops, not only because they wanted to, to, to have a coffee, but also because they wanted to work from these places. And, uh, and still nowadays, you can, whenever you go by these coffee shops, uh, you, you see that these places are, are uh, you see all these people like, sitting alone uh, using their laptops, but also that um, digital nomads sometimes organize these collective uh, meetings, so the meetups in these coffee shops, or they, you know, uh, even sometimes to collaborate in terms of work as well, not only to, to drink coffee. Uh, that's very interesting. You mentioned that uh, from two, it expanded to 60 coffee shops just within five years. So how and where did these coffee shops uh appeared did they display some other services or did they take abandoned spaces uh in the city or what are the the change that uh, this coffee shop brought yeah we we um in the framework of um of a horizon 2020 project called smart test we uh, carried out um a commercial census in uh, in 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 a few in, in a few areas of a, of a district in the city center of Lisbon called Misericordia, and we compared this uh, data that we uh, generated with the commercial census that was done by the municipality in 2007, and we actually saw that the the category that uh, includes restaurants, bars, and coffee shops uh, increased 55 uh, percent in this period. So um, there is a clearly um, a foodification in a way of of this uh, of this of this district, and of course some of these new restaurants, some of these new coffee shops, some of these new bars are um, occupying the the spaces that were used before as um, um, grocery shops or you know other kinds of services. But what was very typical of Lisbon and kind of um it's is is still there if we if we pay attention is that there are many uh, vacant buildings or abandoned buildings or buildings that are, were almost about to collapse and yeah so the commercial change uh so so these shop these new shops sometimes they replaced older shops but sometimes they just uh, um took over uh, spaces that were that were not used for for years sometimes even a, a decade or the green street it actually was a very it was nothing like this until uh, before 2018 and there were a couple of neighbors who who really liked plants uh, and they had plants all over the the facade of their building and then um, as the ground floor units that were previously residential units became uh, shops or restaurants then they realized that there was a, an interesting kind of decoration for the streets. So, like spontaneously, they decided to to put more plants all over the street, and now it's become a, a, a famous street because of that. So, yeah, on the on the left side we have the uh, French embassy, but on the right side uh, it's what, what I usually call the digital nomad corner. Uh, you have all kinds of businesses that are very typical in terms of. Uh, their consumption patterns. So you have a specialty coffee shop, you have a brunch place, 
you have a designer boutique, you have, uh, yeah, you name it. Now, of course, there are tourists as well, and and, and there are there are some spaces where there's a big mingle, but um, all year round, you can you can see people working from from these uh, tables um, and organizing uh, meetups and, uh, and and just like drinking beer after they leave their um, co-working spaces in, in this area, which is called Santos. So how do local people uh, react to this change? Is it uh, a welcoming change? Because as you mentioned, there are some abandoned properties were actually uh, brought back to life because of these ho- coffee shops. Or what are the um, opinions of locals? Yeah, I think the, the commercial change is, uh, is, is broader. So coffee shops are part of that and, and they attract a specific kind of client clientele. Um, but uh, talking to residents, especially long-term residents in this uh, neighborhood, in these neighborhoods, um, many, many of them were, were happy that uh, these shops were not abandoned anymore. So this is good for safety and for, you know, the, the owners of the shops. Uh, whenever the public lights are not working, uh, they call the municipality f- uh, for that to get fixed or they clean the sidewalk. So there, there's more um, investment, public investment also in the in the area. But sometimes these coffee shops and other kinds of shops, such as, uh, um, for instance, they're, they're, they're actually new grocery shops, more grocery shops now than there used to be in 2007. But these new grocery shops are usually organic or artisanal or um, vegan products um, and we, we still have to consider that um, the city center of Lisbon is mostly inhabited by elderly population and that this neighborhood that we studied which is one of the three districts composing the city center lost in the in the in this uh, 10 years last 10 years uh, 25 percent of 26%, almost 26% of its inhabitants. Um, but these are the inhabitants that the, the census registers, right? The, the census doesn't really capture uh, all this transient population, such as digital nomads, such as, you know, other kinds of... Uh, um, and then because the long-term residents are uh, elderly populations who sometimes do not speak um, other languages um, besides Portuguese, um, they they face um, they sometimes they don't understand what these shops are selling because the menus are all in English. Uh, sometimes they don't understand the 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 very like the, the the cultural practices. So they see lots of people working from their on their laptops and they just don't. There's no interaction. Uh, one of the participants said that. Uh, the, that uh, those foreigners living in in in, in this area or, or just uh, using this area and the and the the, um, the long-term residents living parallel worlds. Coffee shops became so crowded with people working from their laptops that they started uh, creating this like tiny regulation. So you cannot work on your laptop during lunch hours, or there are tables where you could never. Uh, open your laptop on um, so you have all sorts of but this is pretty much in in this neighborhood if you go to the coffee shops that are like in further neighborhoods then 
on the contrary, like they offered products for you to stay there the whole day working. So how coffee shops can help us uh, to understand digital nomadism and digital nomads? Well, I think um, there are two ways of uh, answering the question because um, specialty coffee shops, they have, they are um, a fundamental um, uh, aspect of gentrification process, commercial gentrification process. So, so uh, there's uh, the famous ABC of gentrification and A standing for uh, art galleries, B for boutiques and C for coffee shops. So um, they tend to signal some kind of uh, change in terms of uh, the consumption uh, patterns of uh, urban middle classes. This is what happened in London, for instance. This is what happened in, in uh, New York, uh, which has been documented uh, a lot. But in Lisbon, um, what, I, what I argue is that the... the local the portuguese uh, middle class is not big enough it's not uh uh um yeah uh, it's not big enough yeah powerful enough to explain the the uh, quantity of of coffee shops and not only coffee shops that have uh, that have popped up in the city recently uh so it's 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 a sector that is highly dependent on on uh, foreign uh, clientele that is not only tourism, that's not only composed by tourist, tourism. Uh, and in particular, when we look at the, uh, when we look at the digital numbers who use these places, um, I think uh, coffee shops are interesting because they are not only places uh, for people to, you know, like like bars or uh, people for you know they they don't only serve uh, leisure purposes, but they actually serve uh, um, as meeting points for socialization uh, and and actually um, when we did our our field work, um, we real, we realized that many of the connections that are created within the digital nomad uh, uh, population or community are done in these spaces. So these these places, uh, the coffee shops, they blur uh, the spheres of uh, work and leisure. They, they, they blur production and consum consumption. And, and it is... And, and, and the, the kinds of uh, friendships or acquaintances that they create in, in these coffee shops, sometimes they can be potentially clients, you know, uh, if, if you're... If you are a website designer, you can meet, uh, you know, someone who's creating a startup and then you design their uh, website for you. So they, um, in a way, uh, coffee shops are providing a material, uh, um, a material basis for these uh, encounters to take place and for the very work of digital nomadism to, to, to take place as well. Well, thank you, Franz, for joining our podcast today and uh, sharing and showing us the change in Lisbon. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Check out Academy Experience elsewhere.